So I got called to missions, or I found out that I was called to be a missionary last January, and I accepted that call. So just to tell y'all what I'm fundraising for, I'm actually going to Africa this summer with some missionaries from down there. So I'm going to be there for six weeks, and then after that I'm planning on doing some training through Youth with a Mission. But God could change my plans in a heartbeat, but that's just the plan. So that's what I'm doing, and... I also just want to say, like, my parents, I'm so proud of them. <laughs> They've been doing a great job, I think. And <laughs> y'all are just especially blessed to have my mother here. Not sure about him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's okay. But um, I'm going to be speaking out of Mark 10, if y'all want to put that up there. I'm going to read it first, and then I'm just going to kind of sum it up because I know Sometimes when people read, your mind just goes somewhere else, because I do that too. So we're going to start in verse 17 and go through 22. It says, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. That statement in itself humbled me, because sometimes I like to think I'm good, and I'm not. So Jesus goes on to say, You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So growing up in church, I have heard this story a lot, all my life. And I've always just kind of skimmed past it because I've never related to him. My opinion on it has always been, well, that guy's goofy. Like he chose something so temporary over Jesus who's telling him to follow him. I just want to go through the pages and lead him right back to Jesus. And then that's really all I've gotten out of the story. But back in December... This story just kept coming up. So I was like, well, let me look into this. And I started reading it. And then I had this idea. I'm going to school to be a teacher, and this is a very teachery thing for me to do. But I wrote a letter to the rich young ruler in the story because I was, that's a teacher thing. Like, y'all write a letter to who's the character in the story. So I did it. But I started writing this letter. And... At first, you know, I was saying the typical stuff like, this guy's goofy, I can't believe you did that, why would you choose that? But then it went another route, and I feel like that's the route that God was taking me down. I thought to myself, why did you even keep the commandments? Like, that's so goofy for you to keep the commandments, but you never would go all the way. You just were keeping commandments, but not willing to follow Jesus. So, I thought about that. And I think that that's where a lot of people in the church are today. I think that we get to this point in our walk with God, and we're sitting there, and we're like, Jesus, I've obeyed the commandments. I've tried my hardest. I go to church. I go to Sunday school. I read the Word. And Jesus looks at us, and he loves us. And he's glad we're doing all of that. But then he says, okay, just like with this rich young ruler, he says, but you lack one thing, just one thing. I want you to get rid of everything and come follow me. And we sit there and we look at the option of following Jesus wholeheartedly all in. And then we look at what it means we have to give up. Our possessions, our title, our reputation. For me, I'm going to have to leave my family and go to another country. And that's hard. 
But we look at these things we have to sacrifice, and somewhere along the way, we decide it's not worth it. So we walk away, and we're sad, and we're never fulfilled because we're not going after what really matters. And so now I'm going to kind of go a different direction with this for a second, but I'm going to bring it back together. So just in this world right now, there is a lot going on. And we can see that, and it's just a lot of wickedness, and you can see the enemy is just fighting really, really hard. I mean, there's things that, um, as America, we have accepted and let go on that are unacceptable, like abortion and all kinds of stuff like that. Like, the government just makes these laws, and the church just sits back and really doesn't do much. So we see this growing, and we know as the church, when we look, we can see that the end is coming. The other day, I heard in the next five to ten years, every unreached people group will have a Bible in their language and will have been reached with the gospel. That's biblical. That has to happen before Jesus comes back, and we're looking at a decade. And there's so many more prophecies in the Bible we see being fulfilled. So the, the thing is, is that the wickedness of the world is growing. And my prayer has never been, God, stop that wickedness, because I've read the Bible. I know it has to happen. I know it's going to happen before Jesus comes back. But my prayer is, God, let the church rise up. Let us, as the enemy screams and fights, let us scream and fight harder. Because there's a world out there that is looking for something real, and they have got to be able to find it here. So that's my prayer. But then as I thought about this, tying it back to my story, it, for the church to be that, we have to be all in. And right now, after we went to Guatemala, I was sitting in church, and I started getting really angry. And I feel like all church people at some point have gotten angry at church. But I started getting really, really angry because I didn't really know why. I just felt it bubbling up in me. I didn't understand it. But I realized that it's because every Sunday for all my life, I walked in a church building and walked out. And nothing ever happened. And I got so angry at that mentality because I was like, why do I want to be a part of that? Why do I want to come in and hear something that makes me feel good and then leave? And we never go reach the world. See, in James, it says we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. It says that somebody who hears the word and doesn't do it is like somebody that goes and looks in a mirror and instantly forgets what they look like. So it would be like you getting ready for work and you go look in the mirror and you have dirt all over your face, sleep in your eyes, your hair is a mess, and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to fix this. And then you walk away, and then you got to work like that because you forgot you look like that. Like, how silly is that? And you're walking around, and everybody's saying, well, they look goofy. And that's what it's like when we come to church, look in the perfect law of God. It reflects all of our dirtiness. It reflects everything we're doing right. And we say, well, I need to fix that. And we walk out the door and never do a thing. And I started getting so angry. And so tying this back to my story, I realized that since I was little, the church has failed because I was always taught. I'd come to Sunday school. I'd come to youth. And it's not just the church I grew up at because if it was just the church I grew up at, the whole world wouldn't be suffering from it. It's every church. And as I came to church from when I was little, I was taught things like do not steal. Don't do things you don't need to do before you're married. Don't drink. Don't do drugs. I was taught commandments. But you know what the church never taught me? They never taught me how to truly study God's Word. 
They never taught me what to do when I'm out in public and I see somebody that I need to witness to. They didn't teach me how to deal with that. They taught me how to obey commandments and they did not teach me how to follow Jesus. Because it's two different things. See, so I have to ask you in here because as I walk in, I go, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm sure you do too. But when you really examine yourself, are you just a follower of Jesus? Or are you just another commandment keeper? Because the reason, the re, one way you can tell, let me tell you, in God's word, I've, I've read it all. It took me years, but I've done it. And I cannot name one person who truly, truly followed God and their life was easy. Every one of them, I'm not going to say they weren't blessed. I'm not going to say they regretted it. But it wasn't easy. And for us as Americans in the church, I mean, I'm going to be honest, following Jesus is easy. Following Jesus is easy. We, if you say, I'm a Christian, what people automatically think is, okay, you go to church a little bit and you have this much more morals than the rest of the world and you're a Christian. And that is not what the Word of God teaches. So I know that we're doing it wrong because it's easy for us. And it never was meant to be easy. But just because it's not easy does not mean it's not simple. I think about this from the moment Jesus started calling people, the only thing he said to them was, follow me. Like how, how much more simple and plain can you get? Follow me. We learn how to follow the leader in elementary school walking to the cafeteria. It's that easy. So when Jesus says, follow me, it's a very simple concept. You're just following. But it's not easy when you're following the leader and he walks into a fire. It's not easy when you're following the leader and he says, hey, I'm going to Africa, you coming? It's not easy when you're following the leader and he says, hey, I need you to quit your job. Or when he walks you into a situation and tells you to love somebody that you don't really like. It's never been easy, but it has always been simple. See, it wasn't easy for David to go up against Goliath, but it was simple. It wasn't easy for Esther to go before a king that could kill her but it was simple. It wasn't easy for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to go into a fire, but it was simple. All they were doing was obeying God. And it wasn't easy. I think his name was Ananias. He had to go witness to Saul, who was killing Christians. Could you imagine God being like, hey, can you go talk to this guy? And you're like, well, God, he kills people. I don't think I want to do that. And that's basically what Ananias said. But then I love this about God. He never, when we make excuses, he never really acknowledges them. He just says, I've called you, go. He doesn't, he doesn't even take it into consideration because he knows what he's put in us. And so, I've got to find my spot. So I think that the big thing that the church is missing is action. Like I said, I feel like we're hearers of the word and we're not doers. And so, in Galatians 6 and 9, it says that never cease in doing good works for a, that you will reap a harvest. And right now, I feel like the world is so ripe for harvest. But our problem is we come in and we keep our commandments, but we never follow Jesus out the door. Because you don't have to move to keep a commandment, but you have to move when you're following Jesus. So... I feel like we have a harvest out there of people who are looking for something real and we're not willing to take it out there because all we're doing is sitting here obeying some rules. 
And then we look at Jesus and we're like, well, Jesus, I've, I've kept this commandment since I was young. Like we've done something. And then he says, follow me. And we can't do it. We don't even know how. As a church, we have got to completely retrain ourselves. Because I feel like it's a whole generation that knows how to obey commandments, but does not know how to follow Jesus. And tell me why a world that is dying wants to come in here and know how to follow some rules. I'm not saying that we're not supposed to follow commandments. We are. Jesus told us to. But what good is it doing? It is a half-hearted faith. When you say, I'll obey your commandments, Jesus. I'll do this, but I'm not following you there. And that was the one thing he liked. And that is what would get him eternal life. He didn't say it was just keeping the commandments. Jesus said, follow me to get eternal life. And so Jesus said to pray for the, for the harvest because he was the Lord of the harvest. He prayed for laborers, and laborers are doers. This is way shorter than I thought it would be. But um, I just, I feel like we need to just be the church right now. Like, that's as simple as it is, is. We need to quit just obeying commandments and coming to church and hearing the word and leaving and saying, yeah, I don't lie, I don't steal, I'm a Christian. And we need to set the bar higher for what it means to be a Christian. Because right now it's low. We need to actually just follow Jesus. It's easy. I mean, it's not easy, but it is simple. So... I guess that Philip can come. That was really, really quick. <laughs> I guess we have plenty of time. <laughs> so for the altar call today, I have several categories. First off, maybe like you're here and you say, I don't even consider myself a follower of Jesus anyway. I don't really even know much of what you're talking about. But I want to tell you, I don't want to scare you by saying it's hard. Because it is, but it's so worth it. When I, like, I've, I've been saved since I was little. And I can tell you every situation I've been through has been Jesus. Jesus has constantly chased me down. He's constantly loved me. He's constantly been my friend. So even though it's hard to follow Jesus, you're not going to find somebody that says, I followed Jesus and I regretted it. You're not going to find that because it's so worth it. So I don't want to scare you if you don't know Jesus and you're saying, well, that sounds too hard. No, it's simple. It's very simple. And Jesus wants to know you because right now he looks at you and he says, I love you. Just like he did with the rich young ruler. Even today, you're in this place because he is chasing you down. You're not here by accident. You may think it was your choice, but really, God brought you here to hear this and to be here so you could have an opportunity to know him. And secondly, I want to challenge everybody, all of us that say we're following Jesus, are you really following Jesus or are you just keeping commandments? Are you just sitting here and saying, I do this and this and this for God, but God, I'm not willing to sacrifice that for you. You see, in my opinion, it's only fair. You know how the hard things God has been through to love us? I mean, he created a perfect world, and we went and messed it up, and he still loved us. We constantly run from him, and he still loves us. And he sent his one and only son to die for us. So in my opinion, just looking at it logically, it only makes sense that we would give our life back and that we would love him even when it's hard, just like he's done us. That's only fair. And... Second, third off, if none of these apply to you and you say, no, I'm truly following Jesus, I'm truly all in, 
then I want you to pray just for the church. Not just Lot Road, but the whole entire church. Because now is the time where we have to stand up and we have got to be the church because the harvest is ripe. And we have got to start following Jesus to the highways and the byways and seeing these miracles that he's promised we'd see. So if y'all just want to stand up, so if any of these apply to you, and y'all, if y'all come down here, I promise you're not down here alone because I'm preaching to me too. When I come and I talk, I'm saying what God's saying to me. So I'm in the same boat. I'm this follower of Jesus too. So if you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, I encourage you to come to the altar and let us pray with you and let us lead you in that commitment. And second, if you say, you know what, Scholar, I've just been a commandment keeper and I haven't truly followed Jesus, I haven't truly obeyed him, and you want to come down here and just rededicate that and have a fresh fire and follow Jesus, I encourage you to do that because I'm in that boat with you. And third off, I just want us to all pray that in this day and at the beginning of this revival that we would just start actually being the church. Because I don't think that the church right now is the church God intended for it to be. We're supposed to be beautiful and set apart. People are supposed to look at us and say we're crazy. And they're not. We look just like the world. So I just want y'all to all pray for that. So if Philip just wants to start singing and y'all can come and we'll pray for y'all. You are my champion. The first thing that's when the children of Israel come out, the only thing God spoke to Moses and told them was follow my voice, obey my voice. That was what he told them first. It was after that that he had to give them commandments because they wanted to live back in Egypt and live, go back to the things they wanted to go back to. So he said, I've got to make some commandments to try to keep y'all in line. The first thing you should follow is God's voice. When he speaks, you should move. It shouldn't have never took commandments to keep people in line, but that's what they're there for, to try to keep you morally in line and do the right thing. But that will not get you to heaven. That will not get you there. But when you follow Jesus, when you pick up your cross daily, the Bible says, and you follow after him, that's what gets you to heaven. And I feel uh, what Christina told me, that she's feeling in her spirit. There's prodigals in here that once sat in daddy's house, that once fed under the king's table, that once experienced God and walked and followed, and daily you took your cross and followed him. There's some prodigals in here that went away, took your inheritance out into the world and spend, spend it all and went and started serving some other man. Somebody in a foreign country, you started serving the world is what you had. And then, then the world took your inheritance and took a hold on you. And now you're just sitting there in, in the pigsty, in the wallerness of this world. And you're saying, God, I, I, I need to come home. And right now, can I tell you, if that is you, then the Father stands here with his arms open wide, waiting for you to return, that you can return and pull right back under, up under his table and feast on him again. If that is you this morning, I feel that, Christina, too. There's a prodigal here. There's somebody who wants. He wants to put a new robe on you this morning. Mm -hmm. Wipe the mud off your face. Put some new shoes on your feet. Put a ring up on you that signify that you belong to him. 
He's saying, will you come this morning? Every day, the story of the prodigal, the father walked out and looked for the son. It's not by accident. It's not that you're here this morning because he's looking for you. He said the angels in heaven shout over the one lost person that comes back to Jesus. The one person, he's always looking for you. Even when Peter denied him and left Jesus, when he returned, he said, go tell Peter. Go tell Peter. Why? Because he said, ever since you denied me, ever since you've done that, I was constantly looking for you to pull you back into my shepherd, pull you back into my fold. So if that is you this morning, as Philip sings this song, I want to meet you here and pray for you and welcome you back into the arms of the king. Welcome you back into somebody who loves you, will love you through life. Life will love you through anything because life is going to happen to you either you can do it with him or you can do it without him and it's going to be a whole lot harder without him a whole lot harder so as Philip sings this if that is you this morning I want to meet you right down here and welcome you back